Strip down to my skin and my bones I love huskies but I feel like a wolf In a pack but I feel all alone I'm scared Welcome to another episode of the Budding Industry Podcast Once again I'm your host Gabe joined always by Dave And today we're really happy to have Sheena Sharavi here with us from Ease She's the Director of Consumer Communications And welcome to the show Sheena Thanks guys, excited to be here well, we're very excited to have you. So just jumping right into it, can you tell us a bit about what Ease is and your role there? Absolutely. So Ease is a technology platform that connects adult consumers with their local cannabis retailer to get deliveries on demand. We kind of serve as the app interface for consumers. So you go to ease.com, spelled with a Z, and you can browse high-end cannabis products, um, anything from the flower to vaporizers to edibles to tinctures, uh, learn more about the products, learn more about cannabis, and similar to any other e-commerce platform, add things to your cart and then click checkout and then your local dispensary or uh, retailer as they're now called um, gets your order and dispatches one of their drivers to deliver your cannabis right to your door. Awesome. And can you tell us a bit how the how the company got started? Absolutely. So the company was started in 2014 and really was um, kind of born out of a need for professional and safe legal access to cannabis. Um, cannabis has been, medical cannabis has been legal in California since 1996. Um, and so it was nearly 20 years and there was still kind of a lot of just question marks around where do you get a doctor recommendation? Can you just go to your normal doctor? Do you have to go to a special doctor? Once you have that recommendation, where do you find a dispensary? You know, um, so, you know, there was a lot of friction. There was a lot of friction and... At the same time, cannabis was saving so many lives. Um, they, you know, the 1996 Prop 215 passed really in tandem with the AIDS and HIV epidemic, and cannabis was quite literally saving lives. And so when we looked around, um, our founder looked around at, you know, around, I think 2012 was when a lot of the on-demand technologies were coming into fruition, and then you know, we looked around at the next uh, industry that could really benefit from this on-demand technology, cannabis really kept popping up. And it was actually around the time that um, Dr. Sanjay Gupta from CNN actually changed his tune around cannabis. Um, and, you know, the, our founder did a lot more research about it and just came, you know, so many stories, just like a flood of anecdotal evidence as just how uh, real cannabis was as a medicine. And so, you know, he decided to apply. He, he had tech background. Um, a lot of our, uh, you know, ex founding kind of members had a tech background. Um, built, decided to build this platform and really work with existing businesses um, to really help expand their footprint. Uh, frankly, you know, there was we worked with dispensaries in San Francisco who already had maybe one or two delivery drivers and. We were able to then, you know, they were able to use Ease on the back end. We were able to be their kind of marketing channel to and educate consumers and just create this really clean, familiar e-commerce platform um, and connect the consumer straight to their local dispensary. So it was really a win-win for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like you guys really just got in at the right time with the right expertise. So 
I mean, it's really interesting that you... It's such a tech-heavy product to something that's not necessarily, you know... You wouldn't think of as, as, as being tech-heavy, like, you know... <laughs> To, to, to think of, like, you know, the stereotypical example of the way people used to purchase their cannabis is you'd have yeah. to go meet somebody and exchange exactly. cash for product. And you've sort of really revolutionized that, modernized it. Can, yeah. you, can you talk a yeah. bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, like, in the way that it was done, you know, delivery isn't anything new to cannabis. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times you would text your, your dealer, your guy. They would text you, all right, like, you know, be there soon yeah it was like a like a cable repair guy it was between you know eight and eight exactly and then they'd show up and you didn't know what you were getting you know and so what we really wanted to do was by applying technology to this industry we also wanted to up level it to help destigmatize it you know um when people when people have that exchange you know that that's age-old you know how you get how you used to get your cannabis it didn't feel legal even though you know it could have been legal you had your medical marijuana card it didn't feel legal so we really wanted to show that cannabis is right up there with any other kind of wellness tool wellness tool or medicine um and that you didn't have to feel kind of bad or shady about purchasing it and so you know you obviously uh the original platform you had to upload your medical um id card and then we would verify that it was uh you know, real, and then, then you would be placed in the platform. But really, through this technology and kind of pulling from the design paradigms of other e-commerce um, platforms, we we only use kind of bright colors. We didn't use greens and blacks, and we really wanted to just put cannabis in the light that it really deserved and help kind of shed the stigma that it had. Beautiful. Uh, can you speak a little bit to the transition from that time when you were dealing mostly with? medical users to to now when you're really deep in the recreational market yeah absolutely so you know it's really interesting we actually just put out a survey um, a month ago kind of looking at you know california has had adult use cannabis legal since january now we're about halfway through the year more than halfway through the year um and one of the questions we asked because we get asked this all the time is do you use cannabis purely medicinally purely recreationally mostly medicinally, a little bit recreationally, and kind of that whole scale in between. Um, And what we actually found was what we suspected um, was that 90% of respondents use cannabis for some medical purpose. So it's not all, you know, recreational as uh, one might think. Um, There's only 10% that use it purely uh, recreationally, and then 10% used it purely, purely medicinally, and then there's 80 vast majority, 80% that used it for a combination of both. So um, that's a really interesting distinction just because we really do see as as more and more education, um, as more and more studies are done on cannabis, as more education is available, that people will realize how much of a wellness tool it is. Uh, In terms of how things have changed, honestly, California is really kind of figuring it out right now. We are all on board to build a sustainable and legal industry and as the largest cannabis market in the entire world you know that already had a 20-year existing infrastructure Hmm. um it's really been an interesting kind of challenge to to bring all you know not only the existing infrastructure of legal purchases but also the vast majority of you know 
illegal purchases back onto the licit and legal market. Um, so yeah, so it's been a lot of kind of community events, talking to the BCC, the BCC kind of doing a tour of California, listening to uh, the different industry players, um, and really just rolling out regulations um, as we're going. I think we there was drafted regulations, basically emergency regulations that held us through this year, and um, we are still waiting on the, the um, final regs, actually, so... Wow, it's it's yeah. interesting to hear you say that because I think those of us outside of California kind of look to you guys on the West Coast as this beacon of what the industry could be like. I was actually just reading this an article in Fast Company this week about how the mar- cannabis market in California is, I believe, $3.7 billion and expected to just about double by 2020. So I found oh, that, that number to be incredible. Yeah, I mean, even just... Los Angeles is the largest cannabis market within California and delivery was only legalized kind of this year so I mean you could just imagine um, this is just a rocket ship (laughs) yeah it's uh, it's it's really exciting times and that's why everybody's so interested in it do you guys have any plans on on expanding outside of California so you know right now we are laser focused on California but obviously you know we are definitely looking outside of California, you know, right? California's regulations were kind of a patchwork quilt up until kind of this year. It's finalizing and stabilizing a little bit more, but like I said, LA is the largest market and we were only able to launch there this year. So um, really going deep and really iterating on our technology to to kind of create um, a foundation that's really agile to the different, because basically in California, there's a lot of local control. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that as compliance is one of the most important parts of ease, that we are um, creating a technology platform that can be fit to whatever your local regulations are. You know, So a mm. lot of our focus this year has been working on the back end and then continuously improving kind of the user experience as well as figuring out how to really continue educating consumers through the app. Um, really doubling down on our Ease Insights program, uh, helping give back a lot of the aggregated big data that we're getting, you know, um, creating digestible reports, helping our brands understand who their consumers are, um, and really just continuing to bring this industry kind of out of the shadows and, um, and really showing the world just how much of a wellness tool cannabis is. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you touched on my next question a bit there is you know you've brought again coming back to the technology in this industry what sort of benefit to the industry as a whole do you think you know bringing it into the 21st century like what what for the industry and people who are who are you know starting businesses being tech heavy what advantages do you think that gives besides obviously the convenience to consumers you know they can look up you know the, the product yeah, that they're looking yeah. to get and everything what other advantages do you see Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of, you know, when we started as a tech platform, um, not touching the plant, that was something we really wanted. We realized pretty early on, we're like, wow, we actually have so much insight into who Mm -hmm. the cannabis consumer is, you know, what their purchasing behaviors are. Um, And at the time, a lot of regulations um, and policies were being created on, on kind of anecdotes or like, you know, well, we think we should closed business at 6 p.m. Yes, that makes sense, you know, but not really based on any sort of facts. Um, A lot of the stigma around cannabis consumers was that they were kind of young men, like 
couch lock play right. video games <laughs> and mean you know and meanwhile we were seeing all of this data of just like the the huge range of demographics um and so we kind of and actually a lot of it um initially because you know if you think the consumers our customer really are our main customer is the the uh dispensary the retailer as well as kind of the brands right right we are a means for them to reach that customer and there was never there hadn't been a good kind of feedback loop for them you know if you were a brand you would you know send your sales guys out and they would you know go to as many dispensaries as they could get the dispensaries to stock your product along with you know hundreds of other products and then all you would really have was maybe that point of sale um, data you know what time and what did the, this person buy? You know, you didn't know who the person was or anything like that. Um, and so the program, these insights, was actually kind of born out of we wanted to be able to help our brand partners and our industry partners understand who their consumer was a little bit mm. more to help inform their marketing strategies, their product roadmaps, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, and then it kind of it kind of grew into something that was also focused on kind of the public and press and. Uh, really, again, helping dispel those stereotypes. We did one last year. It was called the Modern Marijuana Consumer. And what we looked at were specifically women, uh, working professionals, and parents. And we put out this huh. huge survey. It went to 10,000 um, consumers across California asking them about, you know, their day jobs, what industries they work in, you know, their average income, their family household. Are you a parent? Are you not a parent? And so you're seeing, you're painting this whole new picture of the cannabis consumer. It's it's an, like anybody else, you know, instead of anyone who takes Advil, anyone who has a glass of wine afterward, anyone who like uses Icy Hot or, you know, <laughs> t- takes an ice bath after working out. These are all cannabis consumers. And what we really wanted to do was help prove that fact, you know, we, and so we started putting out these data reports, both um, based on kind of uh, the actual proprietary data we had that we would aggregate on just consumption behaviors, and then also putting out these surveys to really help breathe life into what this new age of cannabis consumer really looked like. Wow, so do you, you really got, you guys are really taking, you know, the forefront of breaking down the stigma by normalizing it uh, in this way with, with, by bringing it, you know, to the technological forefront and all of that, yeah. is that been, is that really one of your, your company goals? Is that something that you guys, you know, directly are trying to do or is it a byproduct of everything else? Um, I would say that's a really good question. Um, it's our company goals have definitely kind of, uh, evolved over the years, but one of the mainstays over kind of the last year and into this year was definitely has been to educate and mainstream cannabis and normalize hmm. cannabis. Those have, you know, the word normalization has come out of my mouth so many times. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and absolutely. And you know what? It's not, it's not just ease. Ease, we don't even exist without our partners. This is an industry-wide kind of movement to educate to call for more studies to be done, to get in front of more consumers and more experiential events, to really just educate consumers about what are these products and how can you use them and how can you live a more healthy lifestyle um, with these new tools that you have available to you. I love it. And <laughs> and uh, what's fascinating as well to me is that you're collecting all this data, you're destigmatizing who the modern cannabis consumer is. You're making all this data available to the retailers. 
But even to take it a step further, I think uh, what's really incredible to me is that you're changing uh, things at the policy level, at the state level. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, again, it's an industry-wide effort, but we are trying to bring what we can to the table with these data points. Um, you know, the anecdote I really love is was being able to show, you know, I mentioned, you know, like, do we close the cannabis businesses at 6 p.m.? And us being able to go in and say, look, listen, look, the most, the majority of our demand happens between 7 and 10 p.m. So if you close businesses at 6 p.m., you're driving demand into the illicit market. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know? of course. So if you want consumers to shop on the legal market, you need to make it accessible to them. You know, it is all about access, safe, legal access. So, um, yeah, and it's great. You know, a lot of um, the industry is, you know, we're part of this movement. Um, I, I wouldn't say, you know, I would never say we're leading it at all. We, again, wouldn't exist without uh, our ecosystem of brand partners and uh, dispensaries and retailers. Um, and it's actually really interesting that's kind of going off on a tangent, but when we talk about kind of social impact and philanthropy in cannabis, this mm. has been a really interesting, so my background's also in tech, um, consumer technologies and, you know, when you see, uh, corporate social responsibility, you know, that usually comes into play after the company's, you know, gotten to a certain size is pretty profitable. And then they'll turn around and say, all right, like now what, what can we do to be, you know, a good corporate citizen? Um, the cannabis industry, I mean, this was born out of a social activity. You know, a joint isn't just smoked to yourself. You know, you're, you're passing the joint. You're passing. It's a shared experience. And for a movement to be born out of such a social environment, um, it has this, you know, it's in the fabric of the industry is this idea of giving back. Is this, this um, you know, this value of kind of philanthropy and community and it's been really kind of amazing to watch the industry come together. We actually just kind of formalized our social impact program. It, a lot of it was really ad hoc over the years um, into kind of three pillars. And we have our uh, um, director of social impact who actually prior to ease had started a compassionate care program called Weed for Good. Um, but really the pillars of that program are patient support. So making sure, you know, as the cannabis industry continues to be normalized and people are using it for wellness tools that those who really need it for medicinal purposes for epilepsy for rheumatoid arthritis for all these different things that are you know those patients are not forgotten that's kind of one of the one of the pillars the next pillar is um this this social kind of justice this economic empowerment right helping support programs that really make sure that you know those that were negatively affected by the, the war on drugs and prohibition are, you know, still allowed, you know, a pathway to success in the new cannabis industry. So making sure that, you know, we're, you know, again, economic empowerment. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, it's that community sustainability. So looking at the communities that we're in, that we're operating in, looking at, you know, the, the causes that our brands and our retailers care about and making sure that we are coming together as a community to help support that and really keep that ethos alive in the cannabis industry. Yeah, I mean, it sounds, I mean, it's, that all sounds amazing. And it really seems like it's one of those rising tide raises all ships situation because yeah. it's mutually beneficial for everybody involved. It's better for your consumers. If it's normalized, you'll have more consumers, more people willing to try. It's better for companies to have access to them and everything. So it really sounds 
like and this is the feedback we've gotten from almost everybody we've spoken to with this podcast is that they love the community that that exists the professional cannabis community because it's been really warm really social similar to what you mentioned about the idea of just boiling it down to one joint being passed around everybody yeah. seems to sit, share that uh share share that same sort of feeling about it and i think that's just one of the coolest things about this industry you know a lot of businesses can be cold and, and things like that and you might people have even thought i know i thought that you know this might become very corporate you know the legal cannabis industry might become just you know another corporate thing like like any other business but it this the people at the core of it seem pretty interested in keeping it sort of informal in a way as much as those two things are possible next to each other yeah and you know what i think i think that's something that we're definitely seeing i think it's inevitable that this idea of corporate will come in but i think that the core of where this industry started will not be lost and that's exactly why we formalized a program like right at the inception of 2018 to make sure that you know we're standing on the shoulders of giants and we cannot forget those giants and we cannot you know lose sight of who we are and where kind of we came from um and absolutely i mean when i started in this industry three years ago i just the people you would meet at these industry conferences i mean so and you know i you if you work in any other like ad tech, whatever industry you work in, you go to these conferences and you're like, right, this is exactly the same. These booths, these dudes in lanyards, you know, walking yep. around like zombies. But then, oh my gosh, the cannabis conferences. <laughs> I mean, a totally different ball game, and these people just being so real with each other and hugging each other, and just like there was just this light behind their eyes, you know. <laughs> the way that, Sure, was a light behind their eyes. Maybe it was a little bit of a glazed look or something. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just the passion, you know. It was that that sense of like, oh my gosh, we are at a professional conference talking about cannabis. There is a panel about cannabis. Like, what, <laughs> what is this life, you know? Um, and so it's really important that you know companies do realize where this industry came from and make sure they're kind of you know, not just running away with, you know, dollar signs in their eyes. I think that's, um, that's a really important part of this industry. Absolutely. So taking all that into account where we came from, where we are now, combining that with all the data you have access to everything you're gathering, what are some of your insights about or predictions about where we'll be in the future? I know that's a broad question, but yeah. <laughs> anything you could, uh, you know, shed a light on. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You see that, like, two of our fastest-growing segments are baby boomers and women. Um, so I think that you'll, again, see more of a normalization in, like, demo, uh, demographic data. You know, I think it'll really be every walk of life um, evenly. Um, I think that CBD, this rise of CBD, you know, the beginning of this year, we kind of, in our report, you know, we're like, CBD is going to be 2018's darling. Um, hmm. Fast forward nine months, it definitely is. You know, it's the it's the non-psychoactive component in cannabis. Right. One of the cannabinoids. THC is the most popular one. CBD is easily the second most popular one. But there are hundreds of others. In fact, 
I don't, I've never even seen definitive evidence to show exactly how many other cannabinoids there are. Huh, um, I never knew I've that. I've heard 400, I've heard 100, all across the board. Wow. And each cannabinoid does something different. It interacts with this naturally existing endocannabinoid system that is happening in your body. Mm-hmm. It helps your organs all communicate with each other. Um, they each do something a little bit different. So... I think it's funny. I think it's amazing that CBD is kind of taken off, but I think it's in a way going to be a little bit of like a, a Trojan horse where people are going to be like, oh, this is CBD, and that will get them a little bit more comfortable with cannabis, and then they're going to be able to kind of delve into this wonderful world of figuring out exactly what product, what dosage, what a form factor is right for me at my different kind of points in my life when I need it, you know? Um whether it's CBD in the morning and like a little bit of THC to help you go to sleep at night or a little bit of hybrid, you know, to replace that glass of wine with your friends, whatever it might be. And so um, I think that people are going to become very sophisticated about their cannabis consumption. Hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, and it's it's funny. I, I like to compare the industry and kind of where it's going to go to uh, like either the cosmetics industry or just like any consumer good that's kind of shopped by brands, you know, I think brands are going to win. But I think that this one is unlike any other industry and just like kind of how sophisticated the different, um, the product lines are, or, you know, brands are probably going to own each, you know, full product brand or product line of CBD, THC, THCA, CBDA, you know, there's so many, it's like an alphabet, alphabet soup and they all kind of do different things. And as science, oh, I cannot wait for the science to kind of um, be allowed to happen, (laughs) frankly, Um, to be able to kind of study each of these cannabinoids and compounds and figure out, you know, which compound creates that munchies effect and which compound creates the appetite suppressant. Both of those things exist within cannabis. Oh, yeah. Um, And to be able to kind of figure out and shop by exactly what you're looking for, I mean... It's amazing. It's it's a miracle plant. So yeah, I uh, that's a future that I think we're all excited about, and that we're all uh, looking <laughs> forward to see how how it pans out. That's um, just healthier, you know. Oh I mean, yeah. You see in in America, you see the opioid epidemic. You see kind of um, those numbers dip in states where cannabis is legalized. You see hmm. just the economic, you know, money, tax dollars, revenue that's going into the states where it's legalized. I think. There's just, there's a lot of benefits um, to this plant. So I think we're just getting started and it's, I'm excited to see kind of um, what America can learn from Canada as well as you guys roll it out. Yeah, well, it, it's going to be a learning experience for us too. It's, it's happening in a few weeks and nobody's quite sure exactly <laughs> how it'll go. October 17th, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. it. That's, uh, that's the big day for us. Um <laughs> We're, we're excited, but it's also, uh, it's, it's all a little unclear so far. So we'll see. I assume there'll be yeah. some kinks they got to work out. Yeah. I mean, California has been a total kind of roller coaster, but it's stabilizing. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, it's incredible to watch, frankly, and to see kind of the hard work of our regulators and the industry and how, you know, how we're all working together to figure out the best kind of sustainable, legal um model that really ensures safe access um to consumers yeah absolutely i mean 
just before we let you go here, I mean, you talked about how what Ease's place is in the marketplace right now, how many different roles you guys are sort of fulfilling. Where do you, you know, we've talked about the future a bit now. Where do you hope to see Ease settle in in the future and what role do you see them playing as the industry evolves? I would love for Ease to be kind of the trusted go-to source for all things cannabis for consumers. You know, whether it's figuring out what products work best for you, whether it's, you know, just cannabis help for migraines, um, to, you know, shopping, to figuring out what are the different brands out there, what is the story behind these brands. Um, I want it to be kind of that go-to source and you, you know, right when you enter the e-site that every part of it is compliant you know like we only work with compliant retailers with their licenses we only work with licensed brands you know and I hope for the consumer and for everyone really to feel like ease is that household name it's that trusted source where you can go and learn and access cannabis that's that would be a dream that would be my dream for ease beautiful Uh, yeah it sounds like you guys are on your way to it so uh it's amazing (laughs) hopefully yeah anyway a lot of hard work (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure and it uh seems to be paying off so i want to thank you so much for your time today thank you and uh if you want can you tell the people how uh, they can find out more about you guys absolutely so our website is ease e-a-z-e dot com um, we have a great content homepage. Uh, if we're not, obviously, you know, if we're not in, um, in your area, you can still read about it. You can browse sample menus, learn about different products. Um, we're currently only in California, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully not after too long, we'll be in more places. So check, check out the website. Definitely. Sounds great. Thank you so much for your time, Sheena. Course. have a good one guys you too Bye.